0: BEAUTIES! Welcome to Rock Candy! Bonus episode! Bonus! bonus <laughs> Do you know how hard it is for me to not say boner? Oh, I just did. It's a boner episode. It's a boner episode, guys. No,
1: it's a boner episode from yeah. now on. From it's now not on. bonus, it's boner. I mean,
0: I won't label it that way because iTunes will probably block it if I do, Aww. but it is a boner episode. It's a boner
1: episode. So this is our very first one. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. And world. It's, <laughs> and it's all because... There is a movie out. There is a movie out. And we saw it this weekend. We did see and it. And we have opinions. I have
0: feelings and I have thoughts. A lot of them. Yes. And that
1: movie was Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep. The story of Queen. Yes. Yep. Uh, maybe. Mostly Freddie Mercury. Mostly Freddie Mercury. Yeah. And so- I
0: I thought about this. And I thought about how to open this. And I'm going to open this with a little bit of personalness, I mm-hmm. guess. Because some people are probably wondering, why do I give a shit what you guys think?
1: Even though they should. I
0: mean, you should, but but regardless. <laughs> I am a huge Queen fan. I have been a huge Queen fan for 10 or 11 years after I graduated college. I kind of discovered their lesser known music and was like, wow, this is a great band. Yeah. why am I not always listening to this? And I fell in love with Queen. So I've really been a big fan for a very long time. And especially Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. I really just love him and love his personality. I love how he is such an amazing performer. If I went to Hogwarts, my Patronus would be Freddie Mercury. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I but, know you don't. Oh, it's cute. It's cute. If you knew it about it, you'd be like, oh, it's cute. <laughs> um, when I played roller derby, I paid homage to Freddie Mercury by my roller derby name and called myself Deadly Mercury. So the, the love for Freddie Mercury runs real deep with me. And especially of Queen. And a lot of our friends and family know that and have actually asked me throughout the weekend, did you see the movie? What would you think? Tell me, should I go see it? Yeah. I have legit had people ask me. And I haven't really known how to answer. And let me also preface all of this by talking a little bit about Bohemian Rhapsody, the song itself, and what it means to me. So Bohemian Rhapsody is a great song. I love it. I feel it's a little... It's, starting, it's a bit overplayed. It's getting a bit overplayed. It's starting to go the way of "Don't Stop Believing," or Africa, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. making me a little sad. Like, guys, let's less, let's let's bring it down because yeah. it's a great song and I love it, but don't make me hate it. Right. But I actually have it tattooed on my right arm because of two instances in my life. They were very close to each other. In 2012, my mother passed away of breast cancer, and right after that, of course, you know, you get ready for the funeral shit. Mm-hmm. And me and my three siblings, we were all together. And we got hammered one night after like a long day of just getting everything together. We got so wasted and just started belting Bohemian Rhapsody at the top of our <laughs> lungs. I'm pretty sure all the neighbors heard us and hated us.
1: Fuck them. Oh, I don't. At that moment.
0: At that moment, yes. yes.
1: 100%. But a
0: few weeks later, I went to an engagement party of my best friend from my childhood and when we went back to their house, I was singing Bohemian Rhapsody on its karaoke game with her her dad, who pretty much was family to me, too, because I ended up living with them for a little while in my mm-hmm. life. So I was really close to them. A month later, he died. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a lot of death and a lot of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> so this song... So you have a lot of stuff connected to that song. I have a lot connected to it. So I do love this song. Do not get me wrong. But... But when
1: you're about to see a movie called Bohemian Rhapsody... I've got standards. It's heavy. It's heavy. There's a lot to it. And I really know a
0: lot about the band. I've watched the documentaries. I've read some of the books. Mm -hmm. I've watched the interviews. I've listened to the discography several times. So when we
1: walked into that theater on Saturday evening... Yes. You were going through some shit yeah (laughs) you were expecting some shit but I didn't want
0: I I didn't know how to go into this because this movie as some of you may or may not know has had a long time coming we've been waiting eight years for this yeah a long
1: time there's been a lot behind it and rightfully so this is a hard story to tell right and how do you tell a story like this in a political climate that we have now yes Arguably, most of the people that were involved in the story in real life were probably not so open-minded. Yeah. Um, And you're dealing with an audience who is arguably far more open-minded. Yeah,
0: so people are expecting something that they might not even cash out on. Because if you know anything about Queen, they were a very private band. They mm-hmm. discovered... And they discovered this in their early years. I mean,
1: Freddie didn't even tell anybody outside of the band in his close circle that he had AIDS until literally two days before he died. Exactly. So this is a big story to tell. Yeah. But also, I think both of us had big expectations going into it. because And also, at the same time, we were also... I think, expecting to be disappointed. Yes. (laughs) You know, it could go. It was it was going to go either way. Yeah. Either we were going to fucking love it or we were going to be disappointed. Right. And I don't think either one of us came out of that theater in like either direction. Yeah, Yeah. I think. And I think we're still really confused. (laughs) I
0: think even more disappointing or confusing is the fact that I feel very middle of the road about this. Yeah. And before we go any further, I suppose it's important to tell everyone spoilers. I mean, if Duh. you, don't, if you know, don't know there's going to be spoilers, what the fuck are you Oh, I just mean, if you don't know the story of Queen. Yeah. If you I, don't
1: know, guys, Freddy's dead. Just read the Wikipedia page. Yeah, like, and then come, come back. Then come back to this. Yeah,
0: I mean, but spoilers. Like, we're yeah. going to spoil the whole thing. So yeah. if you don't want to be spoiled, I would yeah. stop and come back to this later. I don't know. You but do you, th- boo.
1: But I think, like, both of us had a lot of expectations. You have a a really big history with Queen and with the song, and I grew up on Queen. Yeah. I mean, my, my dad had a very extensive record collection with mm-hmm. basically, he has basically every single Queen album on vinyl that right. he gave to me when I became an adult. <laughs> You can be trusted with vinyl now. You are an adult. I can be trusted with it. Yeah. Um, But every weekend we would put those vinyls on and listen to Queen. Yeah. That was our favorite thing when we were a kid and we would bounce around. Well, we couldn't really bounce around the living room. We had to bounce around the dining room or the kitchen because if you bounce around in the living room, then you would skip the record. Don't skip the record. Because our... Out, our house was just so uneven. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking Aww. ridiculous. If you even like if the cat crept by, it would fucking start skipping all over the place. If
0: you were wondering what life in the 80s was like, that's, that's it.
1: That's it. That's it. it. that's it. That's the 80s. <laughs> You're welcome. So we both have this, you know, intense, deep love of Queen. Yeah. We both have our own reasons for loving it. So it's... You're, you're, you're walking a thin line when you're making a you biopic about Queen. Are. With us. Yes. But
0: we went and we saw it. We did. And I have, I have good points and I have bad points. Mm-hmm. I think we have good and bad and that's probably why we're middle of the road.
1: Yeah. First of all, I want to tell people, the guy who played John Deacon was a little kid in Jurassic Park.
0: <laughs> yes, he was. I didn't know until after you guys told
1: me. <laughs> I was like, what? And if you're our age, you feel fucking old right now. <laughs> he still looks like a little babe. But like John also, but also he's, he's only our age. Wait, really? Yes, he's only oh. thirty-five. He is the same age as us. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. We're not that old. <laughs> Huzzah. And and also he's another guy that grew up in my my hometown area. Because everyone grew up in everyone, Southern New York. Everyone fucking downstate. lives in downstate New York. Yes.
0: But yeah, actually then I will go to my my really big my really big good point of this movie. Mm-hmm. Really big league. I don't know <laughs> big why. Big league. I'm turning into fucking Trump right now. Uh the cast. The cast was... The acting was superb. So good. Rami Malek really did do justice to Freddie Mercury the mm-hmm. best he could. I will still gripe that why the fuck didn't they give him brown contacts? Because <laughs> <laughs> Rami Malek has... It was has, distracting. He has very blatant, stunning eyes. Yes. And to not put something in there to make them not Rami Malek eyes took me out of it.
1: Well, there were also some points in the movie where they... Deliberately focused on his eyes yes. and enhance them digitally, guys. So he if has you're like gonna dark steel hazel eyes, like what are you doing? If you're gonna focus in and enhance his eyes, then maybe you should make them the same color as Freddy's. Maybe, maybe, maybe. It's a little bit nitpicky, but it when is. you see the movie, it's not really nitpicky because it's very obvious. Yes, they they have a lot of facial um up close shots. Yeah. A lot of them. Of it, all the band members. Of everyone in the yeah. movie. They do a lot of close up shots. Yeah. Because they do look a lot like the band members. They do a, oh my god. The because, Brian May. The
0: John first of all, kid from Jurassic Park, dead ringer for John Deacon. Yes. It's absolutely. Amazing.
1: And the guy who played Brian May looks so much like him. Yeah. They did a really fantastic job getting people that not only could play these guys, but also look like them. Yeah. Did a really good job. I mean, Roger's hair. Roger's hair was not right.
0: Not the greatest. It kept bothering me. Yes. Okay. Raymond it didn't Alex size, Roger Taylor's hair. It didn't move. Those two things. It just didn't fucking move. And guys, I'm like, you have Hollywood money. Why aren't you fixing these? Yeah.
1: Like it Fix the things you can fix. Brian Hair's Mane of hair is not supposed to move. No, it's not. It's been exactly the same. It's been the same since the day I was born. And the only difference now, I think, is that he has gray hair. Yeah. Now, one hundred (laughs) percent. But Roger's hair didn't fucking move, and the entire movie didn't move. And I
0: mean, they totally omitted his crazy mullet from the '80s, his Rod Stewart '80s hair. Oh.
1: That was amazing. Then
0: they didn't put it in there and it made me sad. Yeah. But, but back to good, back to good. The actors were amazing. They really got the mannerisms, the way they acted, their their voices, the soft-spokenness yes. of Brian, you know, the facial expression, expressions of John Deacon. And what I also loved more than anything was the scenes with the bands were my favorite because you could tell the actors
1: they meshed well together. The one thing I really did like, that I was actually surprised that they did, was the whole movie was leading up to their performance at Live Aid. Right. And this performance, they were added to the roster last minute. Nobody really expected them to be there. And they only had 20 minutes on stage. Right. And what the filmmakers did was... They basically showed almost the entire 20 minutes of their performance. So these actors had to really study the actual performance. Yeah, they had to
0: get those movements down. And get
1: those movements down. And there's a lot of camera tricks. Yeah. There's a lot of, well, let's just cut to this one, this one guy, or this one guy, or this one guy. They focused a lot on Rami. That's fine, but they film. They basically showed you the entire twenty minutes of the performance, right? And when you when they panned out and showed everybody on stage and everybody performing at once, it was really good. Yeah, I, when they were together and they were doing their scenes together, they just
0: had that chemistry. That when I watched them in interviews, it's exactly the same. Yeah, they did a great job with that, and I really appreciated that. I am so glad. That Sasha Cohen did not play oh my Freddie Mercury. God. First of all, he's
1: way too tall. But secondly, he wasn't. He would have been terrible. He wa- I'm he sorry, didn't want to he would have see- been no, terrible. He
0: don't even apologize because they've talked about it since and said the reasons that they got rid of Sasha and is because he wanted to like talk about how crazy Freddie was and everything. But and here's the thing, I, I that's actually part of my gripe section, but I'll get there in a second. <laughs> but. He wouldn't have played it like Freddie was just this confident, opulent kind of man who just owned the he world. A, he would have played it like a caricature and it would have been terrible. He
1: because that's what Sasha Baron Cohen does. He plays caricatures, guys. He doesn't right. play actors. He wouldn't have played somebody who has this inherent magnetism and yes. charisma. He would have played a caricature of Freddie Mercury. And it would have been terrible.
0: I'm really glad with the cast they ended up with, and I think they did a great job. I think everyone pulled their weight and worked well together, and you could tell that there was a be- brilliant camaraderie in it. Right. So I liked it. <sighs> all right. So, my big problem was the middle of the movie.
1: You mean the part that was dragging and kind of boring? So, in the middle,
0: it's pretty much just all Freddy, which is fine. Right. But... I was mad because they turned Freddy into this lost, lonely, easily manipulated... That is that not a is word. not I a word. word. <laughs> we, are, we are four beers deep. Let me have it. <laughs> manipulated. Manipulated. There you go. I did it. Easily manipulated. They really did not do him justice in the middle of the movie. No. All right. So first of all, when Freddie leaves the band and he gets on this huge tirade, um, that was not how it went down. Yes, the band was having, like, somewhat creative issues, but they to- totally omit the fact that Roger Taylor had done a solo album. Brian May got together with Eddie Van Halen in the fucking early 80s and they made Starfleet, which is oh, a
1: fucking hilarious oh, video Look it up.
0: Floating Brian May head is all I
1: gotta say. <laughs> Like they had been doing solo stuff, yeah, and still doing band stuff. It's not like Freddie was just like, "No, I want to make all of this money, so I'm going to go and do a solo thing." And Live Aid was
0: '85. The Works came out in '84. Guys, it's like the way that they make it look like they make it look like the band had a clear breakup, which is not how it went down. No, they made it look like it was all Freddie and that he was some fucking diva. Like Brian wanted to do different stuff. TBH. And Roger wanted to do different stuff. TBH. I didn't even know Freddie did a solo thing. Yes he did two solo albums. did was Mr. even know. He did Mr. Bad Guy. Oh god. 84 I think. 85. It was before Live Aid but then he did a beautiful opera-ish album. I'm going to butcher her name with a beautiful soprano whose name I can't remember. And like they did the song Barcelona and it's an amazing album. And he did that in like 88. Mm-hmm. So these are all happening like before and after Live Aid. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to, the fault I have with this movie is that they built up to Live Aid because they push things where it didn't happen. They, and I get it. You got to Hollywood up this shit, but they Hollywooded it too much for me because mm-hmm. I know the story and I don't like they turned that Paul, that Paul guy. I mean, if you saw Paul, they turned him into the total villain where, yes, he was a bad influence on Freddie and a lot of people grew to dislike him. But he had a lot of people in his life who were bad influences. The, oh, my God. Uh, the radio DJ <laughs> Kenny that played Bohemian uh-huh. Rhapsody, he was good friends with and went out to gay bars with uh-huh. when he lived for some years in Munich doing his solo work. He met a woman named Barbara, whose name, again, escapes me. Last names are just not my thing, guys. I'm sorry. And she was actually noted as one of the worst influences on Freddie because they would have threesomes and invite people back and it was a lot of unsafe sex. There were a lot of people in Freddie's life who helped encourage him. But beyond that, Freddie wasn't manipulated into doing the things he did and i hated how the movie made it look like all my friends got married and had kids and i'm lonely Mm -hmm. oh i'm so sad and lonely freddie was on fire he had so many friends he chose to live a life by himself right and to fucking make it this oh i'm sad and lonely in my fucking mansion that's no that's not how it went and it kind of if you know the story it pisses you off and i don't know as someone who's not a fan of queen how you interpreted that but i can only imagine that i feel like the pacing of the movie had to be off for someone who doesn't know the story of queen yeah.
1: i don't i'm not as deep into the story as you are I'm balls deep <laughs> your balls deep <laughs> balls dangling in it i'm like scrote deep <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the same thing? Like just touching the skirt. Oh, like my skirts are deep into it, but your yeah, skirts just grazing like, it. Your balls are like shoved in there. Oh man, like, like I'm soaking. Yeah, my my scrot's just slightly tapping it. You're like getting like a little little breeze on yeah. that water. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so like, <laughs> I, I being that like somewhat casual kind of fan. Mm-hmm. I can tell that it was a very highly stylized story. Right. It wasn't necessarily based on fact. No. It was more based on, well, how can we manipulate the story to make it more dramatic and fit the cinematic narrative that we need it to fit? I know. Which, I get it. I mean some of my favorite movies highly alternatively interpreted the the things that they were based on like lord of the rings oh yeah very much reinterpreted the entire book to suit the film right i was going to say but it, it it worked but it worked and it's it didn't tell a lie right you know it it was still um it still told the story the way it was meant to be told so they weren't exactly being truthful about the story and it's not that they were manipulating it in a way that made it more cinematic it was just like well we're going to completely erase these parts Mm -hmm. and then put in these parts because you know this is easier for the audience to digest right Uh, and, and that's not it. necessarily a good thing. Or a bad thing, I guess. Again,
0: it's hard for me because I'm coming from such a different place than most but people I watching But I don't this. think that
1: they needed to do that. They didn't need to manipulate it to make it more palatable for an audience member because it was such a dramatic story right. that they could have done it differently. Hold on, And yeah. made it just as compelling. Yes, because Live Aid is a big deal in Queen's career they did
0: feel they've said mm-hmm. in interviews like we felt like we were getting stale they were breaking apart a little bit the brand the band didn't break up but they were yeah. going off and doing their own thing right and live aid kind of gave them that fucking you know shot in the ass that made them say okay right. we need to we need to get back i miss doing this so there is that but i don't like i think the fact that they ended it on live aid was to the story's detriment, not to
1: its benefit. Because there was so much yes. after that.
0: Oh my, like, Queen's story does not stop at Live Aid. Okay, Freddie didn't get the diagnosis till 87. Live Aid was ni- 85, first of all.
1: And there was a whole scene where he told his fucking bandmates. I will say, had-
0: I will say, that scene got me.
1: But I it cried a me, little.
0: But it got me because, like, I know the story, and it's like Queen is such a family. And again, this is this is one of the best parts of the movie is the cast. Like they portray that family excellently. That scene where he tells the band, I'm like, and when he says, you know, I don't want people pitying me. I don't want that to be our legacy. And like that's exactly how Freddie felt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I I think that everything that Rami Malek did. He did it to his best and he did to what the script gave him and what to what they fed him. I think he did the very best job. I
1: think he did a really good job portraying Freddie, but there were a lot of parts where he was really flat. And I don't think that's his fault. I don't either. I think that was the script's fault. I agree. 100%. Making the
0: middle about like sad, poor Freddie. For his 39th birthday, he had a fucking giant drag party in Munich and that was all him. Like, they don't really portray how creative and how ambitious and just overall confident he was. They really make him kind of a sad sack, and it kind of pissed me off. Yeah. Because he's not a sad sack, and I don't think he'd want to be remembered that way. Yeah. Fortunately, it was a smaller part of the movie, but I still just didn't care for it. Um, but there, you're right. There are so many things about... Queen story that are so... Oh, God, I really wanted them. I was really hoping they would do the Sid Vicious story. I was really hoping that they would do the story with David Bowie. Mm -hmm. These are fascinating stories, right? I'm not going to tell you because we will eventually do a Queen episode and I will tell you then. Or multiple Queen episodes. That would take like a fucking month. It might be a whole month of Queen.
1: I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, and I I hope you guys are because it's probably going to happen. Probably. Um, But there are so many amazing stories about Queen and I get that they were trying to tell the story of Freddy through Queen, but it, it, there were parts where it hit, but most of the parts for me it missed. Yeah.
1: But I on agree. top of
0: everything, if you're going to call your movie Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> you better fucking get the story of Bohemian Rhapsody right because they didn't. It was half right. Okay. Yeah. First of all, Bohemian Rhapsody was recorded in six different studios. Nobody knew what was going on except for Freddy. Mm-hmm.
1: Which, to an extent, they portrayed, but they had them all just in this one location. Whatever. I mean, I, I understand why they did that, because it would be way too confusing to the audience right? if you're bouncing back and forth between these six different studios and nobody, nobody period, would know what was going on. So I get it. You want to condense it to one thing. And I I understand maybe... In order to replicate that that craziness of recording in all these different places, what they did was put it in one studio, but make make the recording seem like it was crazy and and hairy and like all right. over the place and like right. what the fuck are you doing, Freddie? Nobody knows what you're what you're trying to do here. What what the fuck? Right. You know. I understand why they did that, but but there's more. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Bohemian Rhapsody was finished before the album was finished. Mhm. And they were not on EMI yet. They went to EMI from Trident Records.
1: So all of those scenes when they were with the EMI guy who was well, like Bohemian Rhapsody isn't going to sell. They didn't Now really here's happen? the thing. here's the thing.
0: Nobody thought it was going to sell. There were plenty of people oh, telling yeah. them that. Like yeah, yeah. that was that was a half truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were plenty of people who were like this isn't going to happen whatever. And half truth again. Mostly truth. No, I think this is accurate for the most part. It wasn't so much with Freddie. They were more cheeky, winky about it. Mm -hmm. But the radio DJ Kenny did steal, quote unquote, the single and, quote unquote, oh, I'm not supposed to play it, but I'm gonna kind of thing. He did it. Um. But like Freddie wasn't in the studio with him and like they weren't drinking champagne. It wasn't like all of that. Mm hmm. But he, he was friends with, he was very good friends with the band, very good friends with Freddie and did take it and do it and like played it 14 times in one weekend. Like that is accurate. And that is true. Yeah. But they had left Trident Records and that's where the song Death on Two Fucking Legs came from. (laughs) They discovered that they were getting fucked by their original manager and their original record company. They were broke. They were destitute. They made that, they made Night at the Opera on a fucking nothing basically. They made it on a prayer. It was their last-ditch effort. And they could have played that story from that angle, and it still would have been captivating. Yeah, it still would have worked. It still would have worked. And the best story is how Roger got I'm in love with my car on the B-side, <laughs> which was very funny in the movie. It was but a
1: good scene in the movie. You know what
0: he did in real life? He locked himself in a closet and said he wouldn't come out until he got the B-side. Oh!
1: Oh Roger, yeah, he might be my favorite. Yeah, fucking Roger <laughs> Taylor.
0: Oh my god, he is definitely the fuck in the fuck Mary Kill situation. One hundred percent. Oh my god, and actually, shout out to podcast called Great Song Podcast because they recently put out an episode on Bohemian Rhapsody and talk oh, about no all shit. of this. Yes, and it's super informative. You should totally listen to it. Because it gives you the actual behind
1: the scenes story of Well, They, they of it. recently shouted us out and said that we're basically their counterparts. So I that's mean, pretty good. Yeah. Except we're drunk and female. <laughs> we are very drunk females. Well,
0: we're not even very drunk. We've gotten past very drunk to just. We're regular just very drunk. excited. Yes, and I have a lot of feelings about this fucking movie <laughs> that I've been thinking about all fucking we're just weekend. Excited and emotive. Yes, I'm very emotive. Oh my god, if I was videotaped to just be a big red face with big blue eyes, and like oh, I have feelings. <laughs> I guess the story of Bohemian Rhapsody is so fascinating. You didn't really have to change it all that much. I, yeah, I, I guess saying it out loud, yeah, I get it. It's for movies and shit, but...
1: But also, if you're going to call the movie Bohemian Rhapsody... you get should the fucking have, story right. You should, you should get the story right and also have more than, like, maybe ten minutes yeah, about, like about Bohemian was, Rhapsody. So overall, my feelings on the movie is that it is
0: confused on what it wants to be. Do you want to be a story about Queen? Do you want to be a story about Freddie Mercury? Do you want to be a story about Live Aid? Or do you want to be a story about Bohemian Rhapsody? Right. Which one is it? You have four different, very loose hanging threads. Yeah. And you don't really seem like you know which one or you're going
1: with. do you want to be a story about Freddie's illness? Because you you make a lot of references to it, but yeah. there's no resolution to it whatsoever. You're just assuming that the audience knows what happens with Freddy. Yeah. Which most people do. Right. But if some 18-year-old goes to see the movie, maybe they don't
0: know. Yeah, they don't know the whole story. Right. And that actually, so I actually had a problem with them doing the whole Live Aid thing, because I felt like that was 20 minutes that you could have used on a story. Mm-hmm. I it, it I loved it. I loved it. And I I also didn't love it at the same time. Right. Again, the shining star of this fucking film is the cast. Yes. Holy shit, are they amazing. Rounding up my thoughts, I would say if you are a fan of movies and acting, fucking see this movie. The actors are so good. Yes. That it did make me like the movie, at least in that aspect. It made me glad I saw the movie. I'll leave it at that. That is what made me
1: glad I saw the movie. Also superb lip syncing. Right, <laughs> Rami very Malek was good. very good at lip syncing to the songs. Yes, yeah, they
0: all did an amazing job. They really did. If you were a Casual Queen fan, yeah, you could
1: probably watch this and be fine with it. But also, it's it's like I don't I don't want Casual Queen fans to go to this movie and think and take everything that they said as fact right like because it's not it's It's not not, it is not but i would hope that if a casual queen fan or a less than casual queen fan went to this movie was really interested in it would go home and look up right um the the real story behind all of these things right and that's that's kind of my my optimistic shining
0: glimmer of hope through this movie. Is that I would like to think that people, if you don't know a lot about Queen, um, I'm hoping that people, maybe kids, see this movie. Maybe just somebody who's like, I like Bohemian Rhapsody. That's a good song. I'm going to see the movie. I like that
1: movie, Wayne's World. I like Wayne's World. I'm going to see that movie,
0: (laughs) Bohemian Rhapsody. If If those are the people seeing it and that makes them get into Queen... It makes them go home and listen to the discography. Job makes well done. Them watch the interviews. Fuck. Yeah. Good. I'm yeah. glad that this movie exists. And with that, I would also like to say, if you want to watch any documentary about Queen, watch Days of Our Lives, mm-hmm. or These are the Days of Our Lives, mm-hmm. it is like two hours, and it's so good. You actually, it's one of the few documentaries you get interviews with Roger and Brian. Yeah. But I would say if you are a hardcore Queen fan, you know the story. You're going to be angry.
1: Don't watch it.
0: Yeah, don't. I, I would tell you if you are a Queen fan, watch the interviews, watch the documentaries, or if just, read the
1: books. Or if you're okay with being angry, then you can watch it. But
0: I I didn't even... That's the thing. It didn't even make me angry. It just made me disappointed.
1: Yeah. Not even angry. I I'm just angry. disappointed. I was just disappointed. <laughs> but seriously, there were, just,
0: there were just things about it that lack were lackluster and... Just didn't hit the points it needed to for me. Yeah, As I think, a Queen fan, again, I'm glad I saw it for the performances. I thought I did find a lot in that. But overall, I think I'm also a forgiving person. Yeah. Who can watch something and be like, well, here are the good points. Okay. And I want to like it because it's Queen.
1: I think another thing that really um, actually annoyed the both of us was that they had a lot of their music chronologically completely oh, out of order so out of order and they like they had they were saying that um fucking we will rock you and we are the champions was written well after like songs that you you know yeah that came out yeah before i'm like this doesn't make any and again, fucking sense that's
0: because they wanted everything to leave up lead up to live aid So they had to fuck things around a little bit. And then when you're a fan and you know things, you're like, that's not how that went down. That's the wrong song. That's this. That's that. It's it's
1: annoying. Yeah. I get where people might be confused about that. But like, you're not you're not fooling us, bitch. Sorry, (laughs) bitch. We we know when it came out and it didn't come out when you say it came out. Right. That was a big problem for me, because I'm like, no, this is so fucking confusing, because I know that song didn't come out then, it came out like five years I, before that. Yeah,
0: and I think they tried to make it look like their first Top of the Pops performance was Killer Queen. Yeah. And it's not. It's Seven Seas a Rye. Yeah. So, don't fuck that up, because that's a good song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love Seven Seas of Rye. I know. That one and Hammer to Fall are like my two favorite. Yeah. Queen songs.
0: Yeah, I'm bummed because a lot of my favorite Queen songs came after Live Aid, and I'm like, oh, you're not really doing my favorite Queen songs, but okay, I guess, <laughs> I guess
1: That's
0: I'll fine. live with it. <laughs> but yeah, um, I I guess so. Like over, I mean, we're not movie critics. This is not a movie podcast. Take what we're saying with a grain of salt. If you, again, if you're a movie person, you should probably go see it. I mean, if it comes on Netflix, then watch it. If you are curious about Queen and you don't really know a lot. Keep your ears peeled for when we do an episode about it. But also, see the movie and listen to the discography, watch documentaries,
1: read the books. I mean, if anything, watch the fucking behind the music. Was there a behind the music? I'm pretty sure there was. But there is also another really good Queen documentary. Honestly, YouTube Queen documentary, they are
0: fucking rancid with it right now i
1: don't remember or it might
0: just be my youtube because i look up a lot of queen (laughs) stuff
1: no there was a really good documentary and now i can't fucking remember what it is but i'll find it maybe we'll post it but anyway i
0: mean (sighs) i'm glad i saw it and i would have seen it no matter what i have to
1: yeah i have that obligation in my blood but at the same time, like I, I didn't have any expectations for it because I knew that there was a large part of me that would be disappointed, yeah in it. So I I was expecting to be disappointed. And for the most part, kind of disappointed. Yeah. But also I got what I expected. Yeah there were there were a handful of really good parts. The humor was on point. Oh the humor was very good. And like we said, John Deacon, Joe Mazzello's facial expressions oh, were so fantastic. Oh my God. <laughs> so I, they were they were good and they were bad. I would say like 60 to 70%, I was like, Nyeh. and then the rest of it, I was like, all right. Yeah, I'm probably 60 40 on this. Yeah. Like a 60%, I was like,
0: I just could watch the documentary and, and then be, 40% be more satisfied 40%, with the documentary. Percent, right? And then 40%, I was like, no, this is fun. Yeah. The problem was the parts where I was having fun went way too quick. Yes. And then it would go into a part where I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah.
1: But all in all, my favorite parts were Roger Taylor, and John Deacon. Oh, oh my
0: god, they're so good.
1: They were my favorite parts. Oh, they're so good. They were the, the actors who played them were great, and they were most of the comic relief. Yeah. And that was that was great. Yeah. And like
0: Brian May was on point too.
1: Yes, he was. Yeah.
0: And, and, and again, also,
1: the fucking fashion was amazing. Oh. Whoever so designed their
0: wardrobe designer? deserves
1: a goddamn Oscar. I, if you don't
0: get an Oscar, it's a fucking sham. Yeah. I mean, the Oscars are a sham, but it's a fucking sham <laughs> if you don't get one.
1: <laughs> you this deserve one. Also, Littlefinger is their manager. Littlefinger is their manager, and fucking Tom from Downton Abbey is the... Is the Paul is Paul is the creeper, the creeper that the vil- the quote unquote villain, the quote unquote villain that just ruins Freddie's life. Yeah. Which but again, it's, problems it's just, with that. It's so weird to see the dude from Mr. Robot little finger and tom from downton abbey in one scene together right you mix and also epic
0: shows together guys, and also
1: the little kid from jurassic park my
0: god you know, again see this on the act if you just want to see this on the acting alone see it on the acting yeah. alone it is top notch yeah but, The
1: the actors do a really good job of carrying this yeah. movie
0: <laughs> but if you don't give a fuck about acting and you want a good story don't come here
1: yeah. Don't come a
0: knockin' if the story ain't a rockin'. Yeah.
1: And Cause also, it's not.
0: It's really not. And also, it's too confused. Yeah.
1: And also, Mike Myers is in it. But see who you can f- see if you can figure out who he yeah, is. We no
0: spoiler. We won't tell you who he is because I didn't know until you guys told me. No. But again, you forgot to. I forgot to look for him. Yep. Yeah. I
1: saw his name in the opening credits, and then I immediately forgot to look for him because yep. I didn't see him. No, nope, I did. didn't see him because Mike
0: Myers also character actor.
1: Yeah. Good job, Mike
0: Myers. <laughs> you know what? Good for you, Mike good for Myers.
1: You. Good
0: for you. <laughs> I you think...
1: win in this situation. Good,
0: good job. <laughs> all right. All right. We're rounding up. It's a bonus episode. We're not going to make this long. And again, we're not a movie review podcast. So. But yeah, if, yeah, if you to choose go. to see it, if you gave a shit about our opinions, cool. If you didn't, that's also cool. Follow us on the social meds, uh Twitter at Rock Candy Pod, Instagram and Facebook at Rock Candy Podcast, website www.rockcandypodcast.com. Hit us up on iTunes, five star reviews because we're amazing. And, you
1: know, we'll, hate, we'll see you guys or, soon. Or get us on Instagram and uh, Twitter and tell us we're wrong. Or- <laughs> Don't tell us we're but wrong. we're not. We're not wrong. I, mean, we're not.
0: I, will, I will 100% will fight people. Maggie will fucking
1: slay your ass. <laughs> That's why I,
0: I preface this episode with my feels on this. I'd like to think I have a hard standing ground on my love for Queen. Yeah. Fight me. <laughs> She's Come ready. Me. We just ready. did an
1: episode on Henry Rollins. Now we're talking about Queen. Maggie will I fight am. you. I just went
0: bodybuilding. I'm ready to fight people. Alright guys, thank you for listening. We'll see you guys soon in a couple days since this was a lovely bonus episode. And uh, party on, kids. Party on. Maggie. Ashley. Bye.
1: Bye.